0: Notice that you have some little cards on your coloured card on your table some of you don't so if you don't steal off another table or else use the little notepads maybe in your tins um it's just like a tiny gratitude activity similar to if you were here that time we wrote about what we liked about the church like this community um, what we appreciated about it um, what helped us in life that kind of thing um, this is in relation to the arts because that's what we're talking about today. Um, I don't know why I'm standing up anyway. Um, if you could just think, <laughs> um, think of a time that you found like a specific art activity or song, poem, whatever, you found it um, helpful or enlightening or just, um, yeah, when you really benefited from a time. Yeah, arts touched you or something essentially, and um, it might be addressed to a particular person. It might be just kind of like a little note of gratitude. Um, like for instance, at the moment I'm reading a book, so I'm probably grateful for the writing. That's called Fun Employed by um Justin Hazel Hazelwood. Hazelwood is the Bedroom Philosopher guy from quite a few years back now, but he writes really candidly about money and being extremely broke in the arts and. Um, Just a real everyday kind of thing, sort of experiences. And so I'm super grateful for that at the moment. Um, So I'd probably write a little card about that. And the idea is you either keep it and just have it as a thing of how much you um, appreciate having arts in your life or you might even send it to the person, um, up to you. It's just a little reflective exercise. So we'll do that afterwards, but I just thought I'd introduce that now and you can maybe think about it when we're talking on the panel.
1: I can um can already see Pete formulating his letters to Blink one eight two. You probably already got a few, don't you Pete? Love letters to Blink one eight two. Yeah, good. Um, hello. Welcome back. Um I hope your cup of tea is doing doing the trick. hopefully this Bible doesn't get in the way of everything. Um Yeah, so we've been talking uh, in this series about um Mitram and Minuha um and daily bread. Um we are been talking about the idea that God is the source of life um, and that life is a gift to be enjoyed, um, not a race to be won or a ladder to be climbed or a pyramid to get to the top of. And um, we've kind of, like, used the idea... Um, Egypt, um, Israel's word for Egypt is Mitzrayim, and um, it, it symbolizes for them um, constant production and ceaseless activity. And um, when production consumes... Um, Everything and slowly beauty is stripped out of life um, and, and incessant work takes over. And so we've been looking at the idea of Sabbath um, as a life um, and rhythm of gratitude and delight and rest um, and creativity and embrace. Um, and so we thought today it'd be really cool to talk to some people who are involved in the arts about what the arts have to contribute to um, the idea of Sabbath and daily bread and um, to, to see how practice of sabbath and um and the rhythm of rest um plays into what they do so well um they can introduce themselves um by um talking about what they do in the art space so cat you can start
2: so, um uh so i'm cat
1: um
2: what i do in the arts uh so the moment i'm a writer um for about a decade, I worked in film and television, um, uh, which is a immensely fun and incredibly consuming life. Uh, there's no such thing as the Sabbath in the film industry. You're always working or you're hustling for your next job, or when you're not working, you're desperate to be working. Um, so I did that for 10 years, then I got burnt out, then I decided to... Try and have a life where creativity was. Well, because the film industry, in one sense, was a great source of creativity and energy. Even though the job, job I was doing was quite technical, um, but on the other hand, very that can get distorted very easily. So I tried. I decided to try and have a life where the balance was a little bit better. I didn't have very good boundaries in my 20s and that's why I got burnt out Um, so now I work part time doing communications for um, a medical college Uh, so the communications is a little bit creative, I get to write every day and then with the rest of my time I'm trying to establish a writing practice that is contemplative and genuine um, which is After coming from a film industry background where even though what you're doing is creative, the the bottom line is always the dollar, um, what I've been trying to do for the last two or three years is is challenge myself to not care about the dollar and just engage with the world creatively. Um, And I'm slowly learning how to do that without all of the stuff that the film industry loves, like celebrities, ego. Um yeah, so I write poetry. I have an Instagram account where I put poetry online. Uh, I write short stories, I write plays. I start lots of projects and never finish them. Um <laughs> and a, a true artist. A true artist. Yeah. Um and I love the written word and the way that it can be rewarding and inspiring. Funny and weird and strange and all of
3: the things that I should be. So it's me. Right. Awesome. Alrighty. Hello. Uh, my name is Josh. My thing um is mostly one hundred percent music. Um and I've been involved in music for since I was very, very small. I remember I was at um rocked up to church once, I knew one drum beat and um I was sitting there watching my sister play piano in the church and um Someone, the drummer didn't rock up or something, so someone was like, "Oh, can anyone play? Anyone here play drums?" And there was like three of us sitting around. With, like, oh yeah, I can. I can play drums. And um, so up I got up. up I got and played my one or two beats with my one drum fill every <laughs> every minute or every every ten seconds was probably more like it. Um, so yeah, from the age of ten, I was performing in front of you know a hundred plus people, which was incredibly valuable um experience for me. Um, So from, yeah, it kind of started from there, uh, picked up a bunch of instruments, uh, been involved ever since, studied. um, I do music composition, music performance, production and engineering. Um, One of my favourite things in the last couple of years has been to do a cross-medium blend of arts where I work with uh, poets and actors um, to create something that is a multi-art experience, I guess. Um, We just finished a Fringe Festival show last week. With um, Joel McCarrow who a lot of a bunch of you will know, and another actress named Anna. And yeah, I've done produced some albums, performed in a whole bunch of different bands, been lucky enough to travel a lot with um, a couple of different bands, and yeah, that's kind of me.
0: Um, my name's Sarah, and I started out with music, um, and I suppose I've come to know that I don't really care about. Music as such as an artist and I like switch around what I, I care a lot more about um, whatever concept or whatever I'm trying to explore and I've like switched around a lot with writing and music and different things over the years but at the moment I'm currently um, working mainly as a cartoonist so I do a lot of observational cartooning and it's kind of like pseudo psychology kind of poetry very ugly drawing um, and also produce an event every month called the Labora story which is a science storytelling event. Um, so it's like the um five scientists get up and tell the um human backstory of scientists like Tesla was in love with the pigeon and that kind of thing. Um so yeah that's kind of arts and kind an of actual science. Pigeon? Sorry.
1: And and actual pigeon.
0: Yeah, he was a bit yeah he wow. was in love with a pigeon. What was he the wrote pigeon's out a poem name? And stuff. Sorry. What was the
1: pigeon's name? I don't know. Oh okay.
0: it was a long time ago. But um I like details. So I generally MC that and yeah, produce that.
1: Um I don't know. Yeah, that's me. Awesome. Beautiful. Um so I guess what we're looking at today is kind of the intersect between creativity and art and and the idea of Sabbath or rhythm or rest or um, non-ceaseless production. Um, where, for each of you, do you see the crossover between your practice and what you do and um, and this idea? I mean, Kat, you talked briefly about the film industry being an incredibly creative one, but also a boundaryless one as well, <laughs> which um, is part of what makes it great and part of what makes it potentially um, really tyrannical. Um, yeah where in each of your practice do you see um, Sabbath coming into play? Anyone can start I don't know. I
2: okay.
1: um
3: I think for me the arts the arts creates um a unique space or um gateway for people to um, transition from a place of mitz mitzram mitzrah mitzram to Manuha. Um, and I think the arts gives people the opportunity to think more about their lives, to engage more deeply with things that are inside them, and just to, I guess, more wholeheartedly engage with the world around them and the, the life that they live. Um, and so I think one of the hardest things sometimes can be for a performing, at least for a performing artists, is creating the space, creating these sort of spaces for people and for yourself when your own life pulls you in a direction pulls you in a direction that is different to that or if you're in if you're trying to i guess present the world with Manuha and you're coming from a place of Mitzram, it can be quite difficult and it's often the challenge that artists will often face um, We had a really interesting last week's uh fringe festival show that was uh, I was doing with Joel and there was a cast of about ten actors and they did a really really interesting thing where at the start of every rehearsal and the start of every show we would all gather around it was, the whole show was done in the dark pretty much and it was about um, confronting the darkness in your life essentially but we would um, we would form a circle at the start of rehearsals or a show and there'd just be one candle in the middle and um, Joel and Anna would lead us through a meditative process of confessing something to each other around the circle and what that did At the start, it was quite confronting for a lot of people, particularly because you don't know everyone. Like, I didn't know more than half the people in that circle. Never met them before. Um, But the vulnerability that that created in each of us um, and the openness to understand each other's lives straight away was an instant way of um, breaking down and pushing through that idea of Mitzrayim or that feeling of Mitzrayim that so many of us came to the show with. So many people were incredibly burnt out or incredibly busy and incredibly overwhelmed with the, the struggles of life, which is often what makes um, doing art really hard. Sometimes it can really help the artist to be, for their life to be an absolute mess. Um, but for the most part, I've found that in terms of performing, that that can be a real problem. Um, so, yeah, we would do that process at the start of every rehearsal, every show, and it was quite amazing how it just kind of lifted something off each of us. And that then gave us the opportunity to then create this Atmosphere or this um, feeling of peace and engagement um, and connection with the audience because it was essentially what we were hoping that they would come in and feel vulnerable and feel moved by what we were doing. So that was kind of one way of us engaging with that transition from Mitzram to
1: Manuha. I forgot
0: the question.
1: <laughs> um, where's the in- intersect for you, for you guys in terms of um, how – The idea of manuha or rest or um uh Sabbath intersects with what you do in in your work.
0: I'm really bad at Sabbath and rest. Um, particularly at the moment. Um I feel like I've uh trained my brain to just like squirrel away ideas so much that even I can't even sleep nowadays. (laughs) Um, yeah, you sort of get to a point where you just feel like you're just an idea machine and there's like a certain Yeah, it's a fine balance between feeling like you're almost sick with ideas and people are like, How do you get inspiration? I'm like, how the how old do you turn your brain off? Like, um so I'm really bad at that, so I probably don't have anything really great to say about it. Um, except that a lot of my work looks at this kind of busyness and this, like, addiction to um, addiction to getting self-worth from doing stuff all the time. So that's, like, a lot of what my cartooning, I suppose, addresses.
1: Um, it's just really interesting, yeah, like th- the idea of art in the public square, of being a person who wants, you know, what you produce to be known and seen, and actually make a change. And the kind of kickback of that is the potential for, like, fame, ego, celebrity, you know, like, to to, to take over that practice, like trying to keep one without becoming a slave to the other. Mm.
2: And we've all seen people who get famous and then their art falls apart. Yeah. Because of that pressure. Although, actually... Probably there's just as many artists whose life falls apart, but they're not famous, so we don't see it, <laughs> actually. <laughs> um, I, I think that also, um, when you're talking about art and the Sabbath, there's kind of two, there's two separate ideas. One's the consumption of art and one's the production of art. Um, and they kind of intersect in that, the more art you consume, the deeper your well of inspiration is, and then the easier it is to create art. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think it, yeah. At the same time, both of those things can get unhealthy very quickly. Like, um, there's choice. Like, from yeah, from a from a film industry perspective, there's like television must be created content this content must be created because there's a thousand channels that run 24 hours a day and people want to binge watch the whole series all at once and so instantly that impacts how you produce your art because you're producing it to be it's like making a meal that it's yeah like like making a meal that's going to be overindulged in um, so how and, and also often the best and most critically acclaimed of those shows are produced in the most unhealthiest of circumstances where you're working twenty hour days and you don't get weekends. Um so when you when you talk about trying to find the Sabbath in the arts, part of it is art is an opportunity to give people rest and a break from the world, or a way of connecting with the world that's really genuine and hopeful, Um, but also the practice of making art is about making space in your life for play, for things that don't have a production end, Um, and like art, making art for art's sake, almost. Um, And it can be, especially... Um, When you're raised in the church and you're being told that everything that you should do um, must, at the end of the day, be of service to the world, um, making art just for the enjoyment of making art is really, really hard. But actually, that's, for me, that's when I find the Sabbath. Like, I always also play music, as you've seen up there. And, like, just losing myself in a few hours of playing music alone in my bedroom is one of the most... Satisfying and beautiful experiences, but there is a school of thought out there that music is an act of service, and so if all you ever do is play music alone in your bedroom, and you never take it to the public, and you never um, give it to other people—not that those things are bad—but it's finding that the balance between those two yeah. things.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, on that, like I think the the idea, you know, part of the whole concept is the, is the idea of finding deep well. Um, finding wells of, of life in the midst of life, so that um, life isn't you know like ceaseless production, building grain warehouses, building bricks, and that's all you know all you ever have time to do. There, there's no, there's no life and nourishment in that place, and so I think you know, art for art sake in terms of like, for yourself personally, finding deep wells of nourishment in the everyday, like we're. Where are your deep wells? Like, you you mentioned just playing a few hours of music and just getting lost in it. Um, What about for you guys? Like, where are the wells of nourishment I think I've taken
0: it to the extreme. Like, I definitely went um, down the track of making art for art's sake, and I've almost done that too much now. And I get my nourishment from working in a field completely outside it now where I Mm. actually am doing something of service. (laughs) Because it's, like, a break from being, like, what am I doing for the world? Mm. Which is, like obsessive, like what I'm obsessively thinking about when I'm cartooning. I'm like, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? But I can't stop doing it. But um, so I work in a pharmacy like um, one or two days a week. because um, That was what I studied initially. Um, so actually just being like, this person needs that medication. Although it is quite creative still. The other day I got this note that was like, <laughs> I need the diabetes drug, small one. <laughs> okay, <laughs> actually know what you mean, but that's okay. um, so it is quite a creative pursuit still, um, but I definitely get my rest from doing something that's objectively of service because then my mind is like, this is okay, I am helping <laughs> sit down Protestant person, <laughs>
3: yeah um, I would say that i I probably rarely. Get my rest from actually doing art. I would say it's much more from consuming art that I find provides me with that deep well. I think for me, the the constant um, the constant day to day battle is kind of similar to what you're talking about. Is taking on as many projects as you can because the bottom line is the bottom line, and rent is, still has to be paid and all of those kind of things. So for me. Working for a while, working full-time in the arts, finances was just a huge point of anxiety. Um, and so everything, all of my art that I would do would be completely related to making money, which then put me in a position where I didn't feel like I was actually enjoying huge sections of what I was doing because I was doing it because I needed to pay bills, which means I would take projects I didn't really want to take, but they're the ones that give money, way more money than the ones that would actually bring me life and actually be the things that I would actually enjoy doing. Um, And so usually my – historically my sense of manuha has been in engaging in people's art who are doing the things that they want to do that come from their deep well, and um, just pushing on with my own. But I think I'm coming to a bit more of a balance now of being able to work out what it is that I really enjoy doing in the arts, what I really want to do for my next 10, 20, 30, 40 years that will actually – yeah feed that deep well for myself
1: um i know because i've had lots of conversations with you about this josh but the um (laughs) the 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 question that artists like yourselves would often get asked is do you make christian art um (laughs) do you want to speak to that like the idea of spirituality and art um yeah for sure yeah um it is always the
3: question the question I get even more is, oh, is that person over there, are they a Christian singer? <laughs> are they um... – and there's always <laughs> – there seems to be always a, a narrow we definition. We get asked the same about pa- our pastors. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and bristers. Um There's always – a. a re- it implies a really narrow definition of what um, a Christian artist – well, what a Christian is, firstly, <laughs> and then what a Christian artist does. Um and it usually is about an explicit de- that you produce art that explicitly depicts the cross and the events of Easter. I think would be what most people would think, and then how that affects your experience in life, and then how that translates into art. That's usually what people, from my experience, who ask those sort of questions mean, um, which is just incredibly difficult to answer. Um, and it assumes that your experience of those, of that, of the Easter story, is completely positive. As well, um and it assumes that you want to bless people in a particular way with that um so and it pigeonholes you with an ad, that you have an agenda for your art, which I think is the hardest thing um as an artist that um I know from some of my family that that is the feeling I get sometimes that if you're not doing something that is obviously jesus JPM. what's that
1: <laughs> JPM. G- j p m Jesus per minute jesus per minute yeah.
3: then then what are you doing sort of thing um not not all of the time, but you do get that. Um, but I, I really, really feel that art's role is not to tell, um, and not to give you answers, but rather to put you into a place where you're feeling and engaging with the world that you experience and see more. Um, my favorite, I've got a quote here from, he's kind of the, um, the cult hero of, uh, Christians who don't want to be known as Christian artists, Sofjan Stevens, singer-songwriter. Um, he says this, he says, um, Logistically, I suppose my process of making art is driven less by abstractions of faith or politics, and more by practical theory, composition, balance, colour. It's not so much that faith influences us as it lives in us. In every circumstance, giving a speech or tying my shoes, I'm living and moving and being. This absolves me from ever making the embarrassing effort to gratify God and the church by imposing religious content on anything I do. Um, So for me, the response is, sure, it influences, my faith, of course, influences what I create and what I do, but it's rather coming from a place of experiencing it and playing something out of it rather than trying to explicitly depict it, I guess. Does that make sense? It's like making, like, a
0: gingerbread man. And, like, trying to get the dough and shove it into the gingerbread man cutter instead of getting the dough and cutting it out <laughs> with the gingerbread man. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. That's what it's like. Yeah. And that doesn't make a good gingerbread man.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Every Christian film is like that.
0: Just dough shoved
2: in a shape. <laughs> the
0: gingerbread is
1: the cross. Out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Try to yeah, rework the, j- the man into a cross shape. Yeah. Um. The so so one of the kind of like hallmarks of Mitzrayim is the idea of you know measuring productivity. Wow. Um, and, and in our world and our culture, that our kind of go to is financial reward. So what 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 is it economically generating? Um, and we've kind of talked about the necessity of actually surviving as an artist. Um, as much fun as a starving artist is. Um, it's not always that practical, um, but w- what do you feel like your art and your creativity adds to the world that isn't be- beyond finances, beyond beyond what it ju- what it earns you? That's a really tough question. Is what do you ho- What do you hope it adds to the world? <laughs> um,
2: I think. I think as a as a writer, or as a storyteller, I hope that my art would add um, opportunities for connection, and for somebody hearing, engaging with my work, to feel less alone, um, to have that experience. Where they say, Oh, someone else feels like that too. Um, I think that's really important. Um or to have a moment of empathy where they say, Oh, someone feels like that in the world and I can I can connect with that, even though that's not my experience. Um, I yeah, I think art should do that. Art should make connections.
1: Maybe I could help by making my question better. Um if you took if you took creativity and the arts out of the world, what would be missing?
0: Like as in in the book I read yesterday, it was like, what would happen if artists suddenly went on strike? <laughs> mm. Good question. Um, yeah, similar to what Kat said, I think that the most rewarding thing, and hence that's a good way to see what you are actually offering, the most rewarding, rewarding, a little bit like watering, um thing is when people are like, oh my gosh, me too, um, which indicates that, like, I, I think we're sort of all in life experiencing high levels of joy and high levels of pain, and often in very nondescript ways, so I just feel like uh, if someone manages to define and have some kind of clarity at any point to define your pain, that is taking away half the pain um, immediately. mainly for myself, to get clarity within my own life. And just be like, That is why. Um, and then I might as well share it with other people. Um, yeah, and the other big thing is joy. Like, just, yeah, there's a lot of joy to be found and just to, like, put a spotlight on that. It's the humour. Life is ridiculously funny.
3: Um, there's a Joel has a great line in one of his poems. I actually can't remember all of it. <laughs> but the 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 punchline is this, essentially this idea of um coming home to yourself. Um and I that's probably if I could think of one way to sum up why I do what I do, um, in terms of expressing music and the arts to people, it would be my hope would be that they would feel like in some way they're coming home to their self to themselves. Um, and that they are feeling uh more humane more um dignity more like more of a, as a whole person um and i think that's exactly why christian art christian art so often falls flat is because people's experiences aren't necessarily all happy and happy clappy christian and that's why christian art just goes straight over lots of people's heads because their, ex- their experiences of life are full of pain um Well,
1: let's just say recent, recent Christian art.
3: Recent Christian Christian art, I should say, because historically (laughs) it's been very good at it. That's so true.
2: Mm. Um, Um, And if I jump on a political bandwagon very quickly, I think that's also why it's really important that the arts world fosters um, voices of minorities, people of color, people of other or other people of alternative sexualities. Um, telling stories that aren't the majority voice um, because uh, when you're in a minority and when you're already in a disadvantaged group, you're all, it's, it's so lonely and um, the, op- the disenfranchisement is even darker and if you can get those voices into the mainstream art, it's a way to um, give minority groups a feeling of connection and also give majority groups understanding and a way to empathise with that
1: That's great. um any we've got a couple of minutes it's only ten 15. um i'm not sure why that, that clock has given up daylight saving <laughs> daylight savings is just too much for it and it's been through too many changes um <laughs> constant change some would say um any questions from you guys anything you'd like to ask um Guys. You Want to donate money? What? <laughs> oh, you <laughs> want to donate? <laughs> a briefcase full of cash? Why? Thank you. Yeah. How hungry are you? That, no. Anything from uh, or, any, or any comments that you would add to what we're kind of? There's lots of artists in here.
2: Yeah, experiences of your own creative endeavours.
1: Humbleweeds, great. Um, cool. Should we move on? Let's do an activity. I yeah, yeah, I
0: think we'll do the activity now of just, yeah, trying to think of a specific time when arts was helpful to you and or just joyous or whatever and write that little card or note. It doesn't have to be given to the person, so don't stress too much. And I think Josh is going to play a song in